hello, and welcome to Shared Space, a podcast about how we connect, live, and heal, and the surprising role of the spaces that surround us. I'm your host, Erin Peavy, and I'm so happy to have you with us today. When you think about great spaces to get together with friends and enjoy, what comes to mind? What types of spaces allow you to feel comfortable opening up to them and having conversation or just connecting over some sort of shared experience at your local coffee shop or maybe one of your favorite restaurants? What is it about the space that helps you to feel at home? Is it maybe a favorite chair or a place to sit? I think a lot of us love the feel of front porches or especially right now, having a nice space to sit outside under a tree canopy. What about these spaces make us feel comfortable? Really, one of the main things that we're talking about, and we're going to be unpacking in this episode, is this concept of human scale. And that's really this underlying piece. And human scale is just one of the six components that I talk about in some of my early episodes um, and in the report that I published around the connection between the way that our built environment is designed and um, feelings of loneliness or social isolation and how do we design spaces for connection. So if this is your first episode listening, please take a listen to some of those early episodes um, and then come back because we're going to be diving into this one specific attribute of human scale and sharing some awesome stories around what this means and what it looks like in practice. So let's get started. So providing human scale is about weaving comfort into the DNA of the place. So spaces designed at a human scale use things like architectural detailing and variety to create small and intimate environments that are comfortable for people to move through and to occupy. These are spaces that meet our basic human needs for comfort, safety, and interest, and they feel good for reasons that are often indescribable. So one of the things that we know are that city blocks that are designed at human scales have been shown to promote more social interactions and lingering. And there's research that reveals that blocks with large expanses of monotonous storefront, um, things sort of big box in downtown or, or large um, office complexes with um, glass and, and steel, a lot of these buildings are shown to elevate our stress response and, not surprisingly, elevate the speed of walking. So this conclusion was tested at a Whole Foods in New York City, where there was a research team that found that despite the store's operator's desire for Whole Foods to sort of feel like a local grocery store and blend with the existing neighborhood, the expansive glass storefront actually repelled passersby who quickened their pace to get um, to get past it. So um, this is some interesting research by um, Colin Ellard and um, Charles Montgomery, who I um, I actually interviewed Colin. So check out that interview as well. This finding echoes a growing body of research in both human and mouse models. So basically that just means, you know, a lot of the things that we test on humans, we they're also a lot easier to test and we test them on um, 
animals that respond similarly to humans. And surprisingly, mice are um, are one of those. So fun fact for anyone that did not already know that. Um, and they, they show that for both human and mouse models, um, how spaces that are devoid of ornamentation, so that just basically means... Um, think of a plain white box, right? Um, that is completely devoid of ornamentation. But there's a lot of other types that, um, that sort of emulate that. If we think of your average cubicle or um, a lot of the other spaces that we find ourselves in. Um, and so these can elicit a strong stress response. And it's believed to be linked to some of the perceived painful boredom that they provoke. Um, so that's that's really interesting. And well-established component of human scale is this quality of providing prospect and refuge. So um, that's offered when buildings or spaces can create a sense of enclosure while giving the people the ability to look out. So for instance, being under a patio pergola or on the front porch watching out onto the street. And if you've ever felt the pull of a cozy booth seat or rested at the base of a tree, you've experienced the natural comfort of space that's providing for prospect and refuge and this element of human scale. And this quality promotes the dual sense of security and openness, helping us to be able to feel safe and open to connecting with others. Theoretically, being able to support the deepening of existing friendships or the forming of new ones because our um, guards come down a little bit and we're able to open up to others. In preparing this episode, I really wanted to find a story from practice that was emblematic of human scale to show you guys an example. And so I went and interviewed a colleague of mine to share the story of one very special project that I've been following now for I think at least two or three years. Tom, the lead designer on the project, and I had a long conversation all about this project and the many ways that it embodies creating space for social health all of which I would love to share in its entirety with you in the future. But for this episode, I just wanted to focus on a slice of our conversation that's really emblematic of how design for human scale can be effective in designing for human connection. Today, I'm talking with an award-winning architect and designer with over 35 years of experience in both the U.S. and Canada, where he's a dual citizen, which may be why he is just exuding kindness and good-heartedness every time I talk with you. Um, Tom Greving, I'm really excited to have you on today to share the story of one specific project that you're working on that's truly emblematic of designing for social health and human connection. Um, so can you start by telling us the full name of the project and a little bit more about how it came to be? Yes, the project is for UC San Diego in La Jolla, California, and it is a mixed-use residential neighborhood uh, in their, on their university campus. It's called Future College uh, Living and Learning Neighborhood. And um, that school is set up in a way because of its size to sort of help students have a neighborhood that they can belong to uh, so that they aren't mm -hmm. sort of you know, awash in the biggest population, you know, as a whole, but that they have kind of a, a home base, if you will. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the features that make this project unique? Sort of take us through, you know, I always 
when I picked her this project, I picture it at those at the scale from sort of the most intimate level of of connection to the broader connection. And actually, actually, oh my God, hearing this, all of a sudden I'm thinking about. Um, so there's a beautiful um, uh, book that just recently came out by. Vivek Murthy, um, the former U.S. Surgeon General, it's all about uh, loneliness and human connection. And actually, he talks about how um, we need three different levels of, of connection or of belonging. And that each one of those, you know, can form its own type of loneliness. And that that's all the way from the intimate connections that we have with those people that are you know, immediately around us that we spend the bulk of our time with, um, that we oftentimes kind of think of family. And then there's those relational ones that um, create sort of a, a broader group of friends. You know, you think of people that you would sort of invite to a dinner party or something, and then um, or a you know a, a holiday gathering. And then outside of that, there's a larger understanding of like how do you fit into the community? How are you? How are you a part of something bigger? And I I just sort of see that in parallel with how you guys designed. Um, and so I was wondering if you could sort of take us through that. Yeah, boy, that's very interesting. Um couple things come to mind. Of course, when a student comes to campus, you know, unless they happen to be arriving on campus, you know, along with uh, a fellow student who happened to be accepted to the same university from where they are or something like that, they will probably move into their freshman year not knowing a single other person, even yeah. a peer or, uh, you know, someone who's a mentor or, you know, any other mm -hmm. way of connecting at any of those levels that you mentioned. Uh, yeah. One of the things we like to think of when we design is we call it nested scales of belonging. And it sort of gets at what... Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> nested scales of belonging. Nested. Right? Yes. Nested. Nested scales of belonging. Right. And, and it kind of I gets at what you were mentioning, that um, in, for, in, in order for someone to um, connect with, understand, and appreciate, and benefit from their environment, whether it's a natural environment, mm -hmm. a social environment, or an architectural environment, or whatever... Um, they need to be able to relate to it at all of the scales you're mentioning, you know, yes. from the most intimate, for instance, in, in a residential situation, the, the smallest scale might be the room they share with one other person or maybe by themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, the next scale might be the little community that they have with the three or four suites uh, of rooms yeah. within their, their unit, right? Mm -hmm. The next scale might be all of those units that happen to share a floor. And then it goes on up, yeah. right, to the whole campus, to the university, to the community that the university is in and all those things. And being able to understand those and viscerally connect with them in a way uh, that helps them mature as adults, helps them learn, helps them stay healthy and, and, mm -hmm. and have those environments we're creating help them do that successfully is something we have to pay attention to. Uh, yeah. So an example would be, for instance, on a residential floor, and I'll speak a little bit more about residential right now, because I think that's where so much socialization occurs with students being sometimes yeah. the first time they may have ever shared a room with someone, right? They may have never yeah. been away from so home. True. They may have never had to, you know, figure out how to get along with another person on a personal level like that and sharing space. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we think a lot about how does that happen? Um, you mentioned students sometimes arriving with, I think, uh, if I remember the statistic correctly, I should have looked it up, but at UC San Diego, something like um, more than 25% of the arriving students have a diagnosed or uh, uh, anxiety disorder, or up to 65% of students that age reported feeling lonely within you know the first 
uh, semester of, wow. the, of the university experience. So those are very real problems. And those are problems that yeah. can be addressed uh, in many ways with the environments that we're designing. Yeah. So on a university That's or for so powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to think, you know, going back to, well, we're not just going to give you a certain number of rooms for students to lay their head at night. We're going to design those mm-hmm. rooms in a way that helps address some of those things. Because those things are very important when it comes to higher learning outcomes. If a student is lonely, if a student uh, is, you know, unable or, or has difficulty connecting with either educators or other students, they're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be nearly as successful. Yeah. So again, designing at all those scales, for instance, on the floor, what we've done on this project is we designed uh, social spaces uh, so that students have to go through them when they get off of the elevator to go to their room. They can't find another way to immediately go to a place where they mm-hmm. can be by themselves. And so it's a little bit of social engineering, mm-hmm. but it do- <laughs> it does help the students kind of get forced into a situation where someone might say hi, or they might see something happening and get the courage up to go participate and meet somebody new yeah. or whatever. And that's, yeah. of course, how friendships happen or study groups get formed and those sorts of things, which yeah. are so important. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that I like about that is it's it's inviting people in. So it's it's the idea of, you know, you're naturally going to be having the multiple sort of opportunities and and um I feel like each one of those is sort of this this invitation to say, "Hey, do you want to like here is a here is, you know, a large group of people that are hanging out. Do you want to hang out with us or here's a smaller study group upstairs. Do you want to hang out with us or you know, here's here's the little people in your suite." Um and at each one of those levels, I feel like you're kind of invited to to participate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, being a welcoming community or welcoming me, sorry, welcoming neighborhood is something that again, we can help deal with that from a design standpoint. You know, there are things we know we can do that make a place feel more welcoming. A couple of things that come to mind in this conversation is uh, with North Torrey Pines, the first of the two neighborhoods opening up, starting to open up this fall, and the university is considering, you know, going to having students back and they're trying to work through that right now. We're doing a study um, of the design for North Torrey Pines, the first of the two neighborhoods, to see Mm -hmm. how easily it might flex into the pandemic situation in order to see if some of the things that we did to create a better and more welcoming social environment uh, and residential environment also help it flex more easily into ways of uh, keeping more safe, um, you know, in in shared living situations. You just gave me goosebumps. I'm like, yes, yes, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because I've been wondering the same question. Yeah, well, and what we're finding out is it's absolutely true that there are things that are much more easily accomplished in the neighborhoods that we're designing now for students in this situation of concern for health than it would have been in other, you know, more, uh, in other, you know, earlier type design scenarios. Um, And the other thing you mentioned was front porches. I I grew, I spent 20 years living in Kansas City, Missouri in an older neighborhood and all of the houses had front porches and I, came to appreciate the importance of a front porch in connection and community and, and, and social activity within a neighborhood setting. And one of the things we're doing on Future College, the second of the mm-hmm. two neighborhoods, is each of the residential halls has a, an entrance with a giant sort of front porch on it that mm-hmm. focuses out to the center of the campus, which is a, a landscaped uh, area oh, called the Ramble. God. 
And so as you circulate through the, the park in the center, each of those front porches uh, is elevated slightly. It looks out into the ramble and you're sort of becoming part of this neighborhood street, if you will, although it's not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a pedestrian or a park-like street. But yeah. that opportunity to have that place to welcome somebody up to your front porch, to watch what's going on in the neighborhood, to see another front porch and have eyes on each other. Um, yeah. We're hoping that that strategy is one more step in, in establishing the sort of things that we're talking about. I just love it. Um, so, Tom, I seriously can't thank you enough for sharing your time and your story and your perspective. And it is always such a joy to talk with you. So, thank you. What a pleasure, Erin. That was really fun. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Shared Space. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll take a minute and subscribe and rate on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And check out my website, erinpv.com, for more information on loneliness, social health, the built environment, and so much more. We are constantly sharing research and other resources on there and would love to hear from you. I hope your day is filled with honest emotions, kindness, and connection. Take care.